Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Obviously, Christine is... Okay, no, I won't just say Christine. Christine and I are huge Taylor Swift fans. Huge Taylor Swift fans. So as soon as I heard that, or when I saw... Because we went to like get some lunch together, and every place has like CP24 on. And they said that Tiff has just announced that they're doing a... uh, And in conversation with... Yeah, in conversation with Taylor Swift. And and the fact that you knew... (laughs) So Christine is Christine is like the fact that Dre knew like beforehand and didn't tell us that son of a gun. It's so, uh, confidentiality. I, There's totally a lot that I can't totally. say. I will say. I know, I know, and I was like, man, it's confidential. I totally get it, but like, oh my god, there's no, there's no way. There's, I don't know if we're gonna get tickets, but I'll, I'll, I'll test my luck, I guess. If anyone doesn't know, Dre works uh, for TIFF. Yes. And you are actually going to be like doing the red carpet during that show, aren't you? That specific uh, show. Yes and no. That's another one of those things that I I have no idea what any of this means. I don't know anything. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of fun, though. Post pandemic, um, or I guess let's say during the pandemic, because this was kind of decided upon during the pandemic they've kind of changed how all of that works and um i'm kind of just doing crowd control is what i do so the actual like uh yeah the actual like press stuff is like okay completely out of out of my reach and i i don't even know how they're gonna handle it so (laughs) that's funny because okay i've i've been to two concerts that i think were like out of control when it comes to like the crowds uh, and one of them was a Coldplay show, and that was like that was ruckus. It was absolutely ruckus. It was at the Roger Center, and the second one I think is Taylor Swift. And I went, we went there like three years ago, and it was also at the Roger Center. And I'm telling you, man, that was the most ridiculous, one of the most ridiculous crowds I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little scared for you. <laughs> To be well, honest, because uh, that street yeah. <laughs> in general where Tiff is is quite small, and if you had a crowds and crowds looking out for Leo DiCaprio and freaking George Clooney, I mean, yo, Swifties are different, bro. Yep. Uh, so what happens is uh, Tiff Bell Lightbox, where I work, is um, on John Street, or sorry, King and John, 
uh, mm-hmm. mostly King Street. And what they do during TIFF, and they haven't been able to because of the pandemic, but they, they're doing it again. Uh, they're closing off a big portion of King. It's going to be known as yeah. Festival Walk or something like that. And Oh, cool. Um, yeah, there's no cars or anything, so you can just walk around. So, yeah, it, it's not only going to be a small street full of people. It's going to be a small street that's closed off even more stuffed with people. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Wonderful. But to go back to your point, um, I've been to a lot of shows. Uh, in case the listeners at home don't know, uh, Jason uh, really knows this fact about me. I used to be into like extreme satanic metal. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So extreme oh, yeah, that was stuff. a phase. That yeah, was a good phase. Yeah, so like I've seen like a lot of bands. I've seen a lot of bands, a lot of death metal bands, all of um, like crazy stuff. Um you know, so like uh, some of the most intense shows I've ever been to are like uh, Carcass, Black Dahlia Murder, Behemoth, The Red Cord. Um, nice. Lots and lots of stuff. I've seen heads crack open. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff happen. Um, one of the most intense shows I've ever done as a photographer was Fifth Harmony, and I'm not joking. Okay. <laughs> I'm not joking. Fifth like, Harmony, eh? Yeah, like uh, people were like brutally punching each other trampling each other knocking over barricades wow. i'm not joking very interesting uh, the pop crowds have, are pretty psychotic said? yeah <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so i'm not surprised by taylor swift i'm not I, i'm just <laughs> gonna say that uh, i've been to not maybe not as many as you have but i've been to a, a good amount of metal shows and i have to say that those are one of the nicest fans there uh, oh, yeah. like the, the, if you're if you're like knocked down if you're doing a mosh pit or something like people will stop and pick your ass up so you can keep going but this one time i went to asap rocky like when, when he was before he was cr- like crazy with the asap crew yeah. and it was like people didn't understand what moshing is at like a hip-hop hip-hop concert but i'm like mm-hmm. going crazy and people are going moshing and i'm like yeah this is great but like but it got kind of violent too so uh, it was it, it's a different crowd if you don't really know how to operate like you know moshes and stuff like that so yeah i i, I get it I, again i'm not I'm not saying that it's it, crowds are different and i'm saying that that taylor swift fans are are different they're a different breed bro that's all i'm trying to say anyways or people just are pop here fans to... in general yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think people are here to listen to us talk about taylor swift and crowds really but we i just wanted to pass the information along because uh taylor swift is coming to town so if you guys can't get downtown you understand why but be- uh before that before we talk all about that a trade went down and i'm ah. dating this uh, I'm dating our podcast on September uh, 2nd. A trade went down yesterday, and the biggest trade of the summer, I say, and it wasn't Kevin Durant. Of course, our Woj is Jay, and Jay isn't here right now. He's actually in Blue Mountain with his family, so I hope he's doing well. Uh, he dropped a huge Jay bomb. That sounds weird. Huge bomb, a Woj bomb for, for us, uh, to letting us know that Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is so strange, which just added the blue for a lot of us because we all thought he was either going to stay in Utah or go to the Knicks. Uh, check your Knicks fans' pulses, please, because, man, what a time to be a Knicks fan. So while <laughs> As good as time whole, as ever, they suck. As good as time. What we've been trying to do for this, uh, I guess, 
uh, series of, of episodes prior to the season opener or even like hopefully the summer uh, or the preseason is that we wanted to do like a preview when it comes to the division. So we don't have to do like a whole boatload of 30 teams all in one episode. I think that'd be a little bit too crazy. So why don't we do divisions and what better way to start the central division uh, because of the Cleveland Cavaliers news. So let's start there, Dre. Let's go with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Jay gave us a, a nice breakdown of what's going on. So last season, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they finished ninth in the East with a 44-38 and 38 record, lost in the play-in tournament. Their draft pick, who now is actually going to Utah, it was Oche uh, Ag- Agbaji, first-round pick, 14th pick. In is obviously Donovan Mitchell, uh, and out is Colin Sexton and Markinen. Potential starters, you've got Garland, Mitchell, Osmond, Mobley, Allen, their potential bench is Rubio, uh, Crystal Vert, Kevin Love. Uh, basically, the biggest storyline is, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, man. Like, what, what, what's crazy to me is, um, again, New York offered, they did, they did offer something to Utah. They offered them uh, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, which is what I thought they were going to give, and three unprotected first-round picks. And Utah said, nah. So what I'm wondering, Dre, is, yes, this is great great for non-Knicks fans because, God, that sucks knowing that they already gave a package. But to give them – Utah now – has a whole boatload of draft picks. They have Laurie Malkinen, uh, you know, first round draft pick from Cleveland, along with Colin Sexton, three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. Like, first off, what was your first reaction when you heard about the Donovan Mitchell news? Uh, at first, I was like, wait, Cleveland? <laughs> I think that was the first thing because I was expecting That's what them I to thought leave. too. Yeah, exactly. Because um, here's the thing about Cleveland I know I've like crapped on them in the past. Um, but last year they were legitimately looking really good. And ninth, mm-hmm. that whole thing about playing tournament ninth, that's all a load, a load of bull crap. Because we know if it wasn't for injuries and other predicaments, they would easily have been like top five. They were looking right. really, really, really good. Um, they have a hell of a of a young star. Um, some blossoming all stars. Um love off the bench you know this is a guy that wanted to leave and was like playing completely without zero energy a couple of seasons ago and then here he is is like a great six man this is a revitalized team and yeah 100%. i could be talking out of my ass saying this i feel like this is like some of the the most energy in life and and enthusiasm that the Cavaliers have ever shown outside of having LeBron James on their team. Like this is like completely sans LeBron James and to see them actually have some sort of life to them. So the fact that they snagged him and uh, you know, without giving up any of the players, I just kind of, or the players that you brought up, like Allen Garland, especially um, Mm -hmm. Mobley, they got rid of Sexton, but Sexton was also MIA. So yes, really, they yes. didn't really lose anything from what we saw last season. As long as they stay healthy, I mean, this looks mm-hmm. like a really good team. Like a lot of people are like, oh no, Boston's going to still be better or uh, Philly's still going to be better. I mean, I sincerely, I sincerely first off think this is a top five in the East team now. And secondly, mm-hmm. if they were to be in the top three, I'm not going to predict that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Seriously. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, seriously, it's true. I I like how you brought up the injury because I know that uh, when Allen was injured, a lot of the defensive, uh, I guess, mindset was to uh, the rookie was was to Mobley, and then mm-hmm. it it it's not fair for someone like Mobley to like take on that kind of responsibility, which led them to lose a couple of games. I think they lost like five in a row, six in a row, right in the middle of that whole rookie of the year conversation with Mobley, Cater or, or Scotty. And with that slide, it was like, okay, now it's probably going to be Scotty or, or Cade. And then now it's like, yeah, when it comes to the Donovan Mitchell trade, they gave up, I think the biggest thing was probably Colin Sexton and Colin Sexton didn't even want to be there for, for what we've seen. Right. Yeah. Larry Markinen is okay. He's yeah, like, whatever. He's a, yeah. He's a good shooter. <laughs> and then the only thing that they, they probably gave up when it comes to player wise, not, not even talking about the draft picks was their first round draft pick O'Shea. Yeah. So to get someone like Donovan Mitchell is a pretty, pretty big get. Now I have to say, and this could be because I, we don't really watch, utah very often they're he they're in the west they have some really weird mountain time and we just don't know outside of donovan mitchell and rudy gobert now now utah is completely blowing everything up now we get a chance to actually watch what donovan can show and i'm excited for cleveland i think this is a very very exciting team i think garland's fantastic obviously mobley is going to be an all-star allen's a having a resurgence uh, after leaving brooklyn i like it's this is this is a dangerous team this is a very dangerous team. I don't know if, if I'm going to predict them to be like the top four when it comes to those juggernauts. Uh, and even Jay says, you know, maybe bias aside, like I think the the he thinks that the Raptors are going to be above Cleveland. I'm just this is a scary team. I mean, this I don't know about team. that. I, I want I, the Raptors to do well. And I think they will, but above Cleveland mm-hmm. at this point, I don't. The only thing I could see is maybe uh, Donovan Mitchell's ISO ball getting in the way of like maybe what Garland would do. But like in general, right. I don't. I don't necessarily see why this would be a failed experiment. I could be eating my words. I'm not yeah. going to promise anything, but I, I don't know. I feel like this is a pretty right. damn good team and a young team too. It's, I think outside of obviously Moby, Mobley and Allen, I don't know if they're going to be like starting together, uh, but you got a shooter in Osmond. You got a shooter in Garland. Mitchell is okay shooter, but I think it's just a little small for me. He's going to bring up the ball. Seriously. He's going to, he's going to be the one handling it probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, this is a good team. This is like yeah. with the, with the bench and you're, you're looking at a, at a pretty, a veteran bench too with Kevin Love, with Chris Lever, with Ricky Rubio. Rubio. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. This is, I, I think I'm at the same point where if, if, if they make it top three, top four, I wouldn't be surprised. If they, I would be surprised if they make it down to seventh again. That, that's, but that's for the, sure. I also wouldn't be because let's be honest, they wouldn't make it down to seventh just over no reason. Um, mm. But injuries, this is a team that can, get injured and let's just hope that they don't but to go backwards a little bit because i feel like we'll be wrapping this up soon i just have to ask about utah now i erroneously thought that utah was gonna win everything i think two seasons ago um i don't know like did they need to change something yes what was evident two seasons ago as opposed to the last season was they are a hell of a team but in a playoff run the problem is a lot of, a lot of um, teams, executives, they don't realize in the playoffs, 
when you're when you're playing the season and you're facing somebody different almost every single night that you're playing, um, they're one-offs. You'll see them again later on in the season, whatever. In a playoff mm. run, you're facing them consecutively, and that's when your schemes can be picked apart. That's when what you rely on could be exposed. So what we learned about the Jazz is they shoot a hell of a lot, especially from beyond the arc, and you've got Gobert in the paint. So what kept on happening was a couple of things where they would get killed at the perimeter. Uh, they would live and die by the three. Uh, Gobert yeah. would have to like try and sprint outside of the key, which would either result in uh, an uncontested three because he couldn't get there in time, or an open key, so they would just store in the lane. Look, I mean, that type of stuff was, was being exposed a lot. Plus, uh, Donovan's um, iso ball uh, getting in the way of you know some other stuff that they're trying to do. But having said that, I don't feel like they were a bad team. So mm-hmm. it's honestly surprising that they got rid of their coach. They got rid of Gobert, who's on the Wolves now. They got rid of Mitchell. They basically destroyed the entire up. team. I but I but they have to blow it up though. Yeah, I feel like one I or mean, two key things they would have fixed the team. Did they have to blow may, it up? Maybe, maybe. I, I, once you got go like the, that was the domino effect, right? Once you got Gobert, I think Donovan Mitchell was out. That was that was the last straw. However, but I feel like he would have been out anyway because they were they were having a rift, weren't they? Yeah. See, conversely, I think that if Donovan Mitchell was was traded first, I don't think Rudy Gobert would have been traded. Okay. I think that they were going to stick with the Rudy Gobert and because they have a good team, like you said, they have yeah. they still have Bogdan, they still have Conley, they have six man Jordan Clarkson. Uh, they they were pretty good, but you're right, they lived and died by the three each time we watched them. And this year they got. They they were eliminated in the second round, uh no sorry the first round by first by round, Dallas yeah. yeah yeah by Dallas and they all they did was kind of shoot threes and if they weren't if they weren't hitting him that was it and then it was just like go to Donovan Mitchell one on one and they I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert had like the lowest PNR uh for like a tandem like that I it, it it's tr- I just feel like because Rudy was traded. Uh, Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to stay regardless. I don't like, obviously I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating here. If Donovan Mitchell was traded first, I think Rudy would have stayed. But again, now, now it's, this is it. Is Utah going to completely blow it up now or are they they going to try it? Yeah. They have to now. Like, um, oh my goodness. Why am I forgetting his name? He used to be on Memphis. Um, Conley. Conley. Right. Thank you. Uh, you know, when I think about Conley, and I think Conley's a great player, and Jay has also expressed um, how underrated he is as a player. Lefties, baby. <laughs> Lefties. Uh, he's getting up to an age, and he's basically the one now. Am I wrong? Or, yeah. Like, I mean, well, or, outside, or well now, now you they have Sexton. They have Sexton and Clarkson. But is Sexton uh, going to be the one? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't so know. That's, that's the trio. It's uh, Conley, Sexton, and, and Clarkson. So, I mean. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty I mean, much. Uh, I, okay, like, we'll, we'll leave this. Know. We'll leave that for where are they at in whatever division they're in, in the Utah division. <laughs> <laughs> in the northwest in the division west. we'll we'll wait until the northwest division before we go into the utah because that's an interesting conversation because like they could be still they still could be good but again they don't have their coach they don't have mitchell they don't have but was that the problem i don't know okay I think let's, it's completely let's... unnecessary to blow it up but anyway <laughs> let's continue yeah, yeah, yeah let's continue so that's the cleveland cavaliers all right 
I got the Milwaukee Bucks next. This one's really interesting. Uh, last season, they finished third in the East with a 51-31 record. They lost to the Boston Celtics in seven in the semifinals. Their draft pick was Marjan Bouchamp, uh, first round 24th pick, who is in Joe Ingles, a.k.a. Jingles. Uh, and I guess West Matthews, West Matthews, or they re-signed West Matthews, uh, who was out. Nobody really significant. Their potential starting lineup is Drew Holiday, uh, Allen, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez bench. You're you're looking at Hill, Connington, Jingles, Portis, and Ibaka. I think the biggest biggest storyline is them running it back. Um, they resigned Wes Matthews, Bobby Portis, or Ibaka, Pat Connington. The only thing is. Uh, injuries, right? Middleton sustained an MCL sprain during the playoffs, so the Bucks were with their second, without their second best player, uh, for the most of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it was all kind of on Giannis' shoulders. Now, do I think that Gian- is is Giannis a generational player? Can they bring him to the to the promised land again? Probably. And if you have, I think, yeah, again, I think this is all about all about um injuries how 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 are you feeling about milwaukee i know that you're on a positive side with milwaukee right well yeah i feel like what i like the most about this is they haven't changed a hell of a lot since right let's let's say i feel like the the, the first year that they were a massive threat in my opinion was the raptors championship year i remember they dominated during the season and they were i feel like the scariest opponent um I guess during our play- playoff run, it would have been Golden mm-hmm. State if it wasn't for the injuries, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it took them a couple of years to get to that promised land, win the championship, but they're back. And if you look at this lineup, outside of Drew Holiday, who was an essential addition, and I feel like was certainly helpful Huge for their championship addition. run, there's oh, not yeah. that much change. You know, Lopez is still here, Giannis is still here, and I would argue just he's consistently getting better and better. Middleton, um, like i feel like this is a consistent team that hasn't really lost anything or um gained anything major to the point of changing up their entire schematic system mm-hmm. i feel like they're going to be consistent i feel like they're going to be perfectly fine um unless there's a major injury or something happens out of out of left field it's a top 3 team in the east seriously i don't see yep, that changing ju- I think what when it comes to Milwaukee, this is this is their team. This is their setup. Giannis, do your thing. Try to get us twenty five and ten, uh, however you can. Just don't get injured. Everybody else, get the hell open and shoot your threes. And they're yeah. one of the top best three pointers in the league. They have Wes Matthews. They have Drew Holiday. They have Brooke Lopez, uh, who is a fantastic three pointer for some reason. Uh, Grayson, and, <laughs> and now you is. add, yeah, now you had somebody like. Oh, and I think I said Chris Middleton. Now you have someone like Joe Ingles who can also share up the three points. It's like, you know, it, it's when it's when LeBron was with the Cavs. It's just like whatever LeBron can do, he'll do it. Everybody else, make sure you're not in your threes. And that's what Milwaukee is doing right now. Yeah, and unlike the Jazz, you know, do they shoot a lot of threes, Milwaukee? Yes. I also don't believe that they live and die by the three. Should yeah. Lopez have to play in the faint? He can should Middleton have to play like mid-range or closer? I feel like he can. Drew Holiday, yeah, absolutely. Giannis, uh, it's a complete opposite thing. He's starting to shoot threes now, but he plays he plays closer to the mm-hmm. rim. But he's starting to shoot threes now. I don't know if you've seen his uh 
his uh, shooting over overseas, but this guy's this guy's oh, yeah. developing some range. But uh, you know, yeah. like um, I don't think they have to absolutely rely on that one single strategy, which could easily be exploited, or um, they could have an off night. So mm-hmm. I feel like you know, if you're looking at a best of seven, how many teams are going to come through over Milwaukee? I can't think of many. Seriously. Yeah. No, you're right. I and and you know when it comes to the Raptors too, the biggest thing about the Raptors is the uh, continue c- continuity, and I think that the Milwaukee Bucks have exactly that. So yeah, powerhouse, definitely one of the powers. What uh, at least uh, one to th- top one, top to four. I think the lowest was probably the four for them. You know, albeit injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we got we got the Cavs, we got the Bucks. Let's move on. Let's go to the Chicago. Bulls. This one's a little bit of an enigma to me. Last season, they finished sixth in the East uh, with a 46 and 36 record. Lost in the first round against the Bucks. Their draft pick is Dalen, Dalen Terry, first round 18th pick. Who's in? James Jones Jr., uh, Andre Drummond, and uh, our favorite, Gordon Drogic. Out. No one significant, really. Their starters, hopefully, is Alonzo Ball, albeit his injuries, uh, uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Patrick Williams, <laughs> and uh, Vucevic. So their bench is most likely Goran Dragic, Caruso, uh, Dasunmu, uh, James Jones Jr., and Andre Drummond. So I think the biggest storyline is their death. They definitely were injured. Uh, throughout the season, Alex Caruso was out for uh, you know quarter of the season. Lonzo Ball with the leg injury. If the Bulls can stay healthy, can they go against the heavyweights? I don't think so, honestly. Uh, and of course, you know, is this the highest ambition for Goran Dragic? Uh, Dre, <laughs> what do you think about the Chicago Bulls? Chicago. So this is uh, Chicago is weird. I mean. On paper, they have a, what looks like a really good team, and I feel like they were yeah, also bogged down by some injuries last year. Um, having said that, one thing that I think is going to be a little different... Look, I'm going to get crucified for saying this, especially because this is a Raptors podcast, and I, I love DeRozan as well. I don't think DeRozan's going to play, play a bad season. That's not what I'm about to say. I mm. feel like his near-MVP caliber season last year was was just kind of one of those things. I don't know if it's going to repeat, and they certainly can't rely on that. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see where this goes. But, yeah, like you, I'm kind of just up in the air. I don't think they're going to be bad. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be bad, but I'm expecting, yeah. like, 7-8 seed, potentially. Like, um, this is a really good team on paper, but at the same time, um, the East is too good. The East is too good for yeah. the starters like these. And I think you're right. The, this lineup on paper, Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, that's not a bad look if it comes to like 2K or something th- like yeah, that. Yeah, I but, think one of the major things is that Levine and DeRozan have very similar games, except DeRozan's mid-range, Levine's threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, it, It's hard. It's hard when it comes to the Chicago Bulls because you want to like them. Right, they like those Levine and DeRozan are such likable individuals when it comes to the Bulls, but it's hard for me to be like, yeah, they're gonna go and you know be in the in the in the conference finals. I just don't see that. I mean, remember when they beat the Bucks the first game and everyone was like, okay, this is the season for Chicago, and then they got swept after that. Like that's what I think this 
team is. They're going to show you flashes. Like you can't not have flashes when you have like Lonzo and Levine and DeRozan, but then are they going to really show up when it, when it counts the most? I don't think so. There's nothing, there's nothing that I think like you, you add someone like James Jones Jr. Who is also very flashy. He, he jumps out the sky. Uh, you got Andre Drummond, who is definitely past his prime. Same thing for Goran Dragic. I don't know, man. I think they're going to be exactly the where they are. They're going to be nice. Sometimes they're going to be nice. I don't think they're going to pass the first round, though. Uh, I mean, it also depends who they face. But at the at the yeah, least, like fair. you know, at the most, they're not going to pass second. Yeah, because then they're going to start yeah. to bump into the juggernauts like yeah, Philly and Milwaukee. like I don't I don't think they can beat. Philly. I don't think they can beat Milwaukee. I don't, no. you know, like if you you put them against those guys, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, again, don't. I don't think you know. Don't, don't add us. I think I love DeRozan much as much as the next person. I just, I it can't. I can't put him past like the second round. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, man. But I hope like Chicago is one of those teams that like if they make it to the second round, you're like, damn, I would love it to see. I would love to see them go to the promised land. I would absolutely love it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't uh, want okay. them to do poorly. <laughs> right. Uh, let's keep tracking on, man. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, i.e. the oh, Canadian now we're Pacers. Oh, scraping at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Can- <laughs> uh, the Canadian... Indiana to Pacers. That's why I like to say it because they have like oh five. Oh, look at these starters. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. They uh, finished 13th in the East, 25 and 57 uh, last season. Oh. Did not make the play in. Uh, they drafted a Benedict Mathurin first round six pick. Who's in? Dice, Smith, Naismith. Who's out, which is the biggest one, is Malcolm Brogdon. Starters. <laughs> Uh, Halliburton, Duarte, Heald, Smith, Turner, Bench, McConnell, Mathurin, Naismith, uh, Brissett. Uh, Storyline, the Kings are going to Kings, man. The Kings are always going to the Kings. They traded away their very possible potential star in Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. Who cares about him? Uh, for yeah. the Montes Sabonis, Jeremy Land, and Justin Holiday. Tyrese has been very visibly shocked by the trade uh, throughout the trade since it happened. And now he's a pacer. Can he turn a franchise around? Honestly, without Brogdon, I don't think so. I think uh, Tyrese is a fantastic player. Every time he, he was a Raptor killer, like uh, what I mean, not, not saying that he's a Raptor because he can still be a Raptor killer, but on the Kings, he was fantastic. Like Mm -hmm. he has this very interesting shot that like, for his length it's kind of like impossible to block and he can pull up whenever he wants he's very crafty um i think the biggest name on this team right now is tyrese halliburton i think buddy healed he's just going to be a spot up three-pointer now um but it's all all eyes on halliburton so do you have any good news for the indiana pacers the kiniana pacers no uh so uh <laughs> i'll say this uh indiana this is the team that should that should be blowing it up not the jazz this should be a team that should be mm. blowing it up send halliburton to a place that he'll be appreciated either that or try and uh, surround him by people who can support him as opposed to heels and turner who should be fantastic on other teams please for the love yeah. of god let turner shine somewhere else and yeah. uh, Heald, i thought he was gone. have a good team please 
Turner, I thought he was out the door. My, yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued, interested of why Miles Turner is still there because out of all of those people, Turner probably has the highest trade uh, return. So the fact that he, if he's gonna still be, if he's still in Indiana, I'd be very interested. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be surprised if they make it above eleven next. Yeah. Eh? Wow. So. I mean, again, <laughs> this is a completely different team, right? Like, uh, Sabonis was fantastic. He he's he's still very, very, very good. Um, but he wasn't the problem, right? No. When it comes to Indiana Pacers, uh, is now they have. I mean, they're younger. Right? <sighs> that that's, doesn't mean anything. They, 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 they don't. <laughs> they don't have any depth. They don't have any true cohesion, as far as I can see. Seriously, yeah. Um, I feel like everybody's great individually, but as a team, though, like we're not getting any good results. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. I I don't really have any high hopes for Indiana except for the fact that they are the most Canadian team in the NBA. Oh, uh, well, well then they're going to do very well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, of uh, low ambitions, uh, should we should we head over to Michigan? Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. Um, uh, the Detroit Pistons. If a team could be worse than Indiana, it's this one. Well, I mean, uh, statistically, yes, last year. They finished 14th, 23 and 59. Who was worse? Not make the play in. Uh, Oh, 15th was Orlando. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Okay, we'll get to them eventually. Yeah, eventually. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, so Detroit, they didn't make the playoffs. They drafted pretty high first round fifth pick with Jaden Ivy. I've heard very good things about him. Uh who's in? You got Alec Burke, uh Nerlens Noel, and Kemba Walker. Interesting. Out Jeremy Grant. You got the start, put possible starters. You got Cade, Ivy, uh Cedric Bay, uh Michael Beasley the third or Mike Bagley the third, sorry. Uh Stewart Bench, you got Hayes, Burks, Olinick, and Noel. So okay. Storyline, what? Cade? Cade, that's the story, right? Like, where, how far can Cade bring this team uh, <laughs> from 14th in the East? He, he, albeit he didn't play most of last season with an injury, uh, and he, from there, he became one of the best rookies. So that's very interesting. That's very impressive to play something like 50 plus games or, or adjust around 50 to 60 games and still be a part of the conversation of rookie of the year. That's really impressive. Uh, but they don't got anything else. Like is, I think, I think the, the addition of Kemba is great. I think uh, him being on the bench uh, in kind of guiding Cade to through this league is fair, is, is a great idea. Um, Nerlens Noel is very Raptor-like, and I wish we got him, or maybe not. I don't know. He didn't really play very well uh, in New York. But yeah, outside of outside of Cade, I don't really see any other potential. What about you, brother? No. Um, <laughs> uh, like, what else do I say about this team? Well, you know, you add Kemba, and you might go from 14th to 12th. Yeah, Kemba's not going to do that. Kemba is in the Derrick Rose uh, conversation now. Yeah, like you know, they're they're great. They're they're fantastic players that uh, of of past. Like I'm I'm sorry to say, I think you know at at age 32, I don't think Kemba really has that much to go for. 
No. Uh, you know, if, if he's if he's on Brooklyn, that's a different story. But like to be on a rebuilding team, he's not there for anything else but to be but to give a good twenty to twenty four minute break for Cade and hopefully that he puts up what 10, 15 points perhaps. Uh but this is this is this is Cade's team. That's all it is. We'll we'll see where this kid brings. Uh we'll see. I, I really like Sadiq Bay. Um he looks like a football player more than a basketball player to me. Uh, so yeah, you know, outside of that, I don't, I don't, I really have no other, <laughs> no other notes when it comes to Detroit. Um, will they go four and zero against Raptors? Probably, but yeah, outside of that, I don't know what else their playoffs holes are going to be like. Uh, this is a perpetual hell for uh, Dwayne Casey, who talks shit about the Raptors during the championship run. So yeah. Don't care. Yeah, he didn't. He, I don't know. That's out of this is this is a venue that smells like a championship has has been won here. Whatever the hell he said. Well, congratulations. We've got at least one now. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he he does too. Listen, I'll always be on doing Casey's side. I'll always be. And if he talks shit about us, maybe it was maybe it was you know it was because of the situation when he got fired after getting coach of the year. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm always gonna back up uh, a Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> sorry i don't want okay. us to lose with listeners <laughs> i know it's all good brother uh okay why don't we do this we got the five um do you want to rank them uh where we think that they will end up in the standings uh, sure um right. okay so uh Cleveland, where do you okay. think they'll end up oh so like are we doing like uh ranking the di- in, within the division or like in the entire east Ooh, is that what we did last time? Did we just do the division? Yeah, we did the so. division. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do. Let's go division. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh. Who do you think is gonna go one to five? Okay. So best of best or worst, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So Milwaukee is pretty mm-hmm. easy. Uh. Cleveland, Chicago, okay. Indiana, Detroit. I feel like yeah. Actually, this is very easy to rank. Actually, very simple <laughs> to rank. You've that was, got like that a, was pretty easy. You've got a perennial easy, team. Yeah. You've got a team on the rise. You've got quite a good team that won't make it too far. You've got a team that needs some serious help. And you've got a team that might as well move to Seattle. So <laughs> uh, you're, it couldn't get easier talking, to rank. <laughs> you're talking about Orlando, right? You're talking about Orlando that should go to not nobody uh, else. Yeah, actually, you, okay. I don't want to crap on Detroit too much because like they're not doing too well now. But like I love, I loved like their 2000. Four, five, yeah. whatever championship that, it was. Like, I love that yeah. team. So, Detroit, please get 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 your shit together. I want you to be okay. And, al- and also, I think last. So last was it? No, two weeks two weeks ago, I was talking to Jay about like you know how there's going to be a rival week when it comes to uh, the NBA schedule, and our rivals is apparently the Golden State Warriors. I don't think that's it. I think honestly, the, our biggest rivals historically was would probably, well, maybe not historically. That would that would maybe oh, be Cleveland. New Jersey, Brooklyn and Cleveland. Yeah, but like at the moment I would probably say Detroit. Because one doing Casey factor, two you got the rookie rookie of the year conversation and now sophomore of the year or most approved whatever. And then three, anytime that there is a away game for the Raptors, it's basically a home game, right? The the because Detroit, let's be real, Detroit doesn't sell out ever. So they try to get as many fans as possible. And when it comes to the rap, when they face the Raptors, it's a it's a it's a home game for the Raptors, right? So I think that's a rivalry, uh, fan wise. Yeah, I but, mean, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if those but, are our biggest rivals, we'll be fine. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going to go Milwaukee, Cleveland, Chicago, Indiana, Detroit. That's a pretty, that's a pretty easy one. I think Atlanta, when we, when we did the Atlantic division, that was pretty hard, but this one, this one's kind of a no brainer, you know, I think so. Uh, yeah, but there you go. That's your central division. Uh, next week we'll probably do the we'll round out the eastern conference we'll go a uh, south east division before we go to the western conference but trey it's always good to talk to you brother do you have any weekly recommends for this week sure so um if you are super duper into marvel there's a tv show called she hulk attorney at law which is on disney plus Okay, and is the CGI I'm, as bad as as bad as they say it is? It's actually worse. I'm not recommending that really? show. What I'm going to do instead is say that the star of the show is Tatiana Maslany. Um, don't watch She-Hulk. It's not the worst show, but watch her older show called Orphan Black instead. It's a show. Uh, it's a Canadian show where uh, it takes place in the majority of Toronto and its suburbs. Um, actually, the very, very first shot, I believe, is in Union Station. Um, nice. It's about somebody who discovers quite quickly into the series that she has a doppelganger of sorts, and it's quickly revealed that it's not a doppelganger. She's actually one of many clones, and as the series goes on, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the revelations of the experiments that she was allegedly a part of. Uh, Tatiana Maslany plays at least five main clones amongst many others throughout the series, but she's like a British clone, one from like Eastern Europe, um, a couple of Canadian ones, but like one of them's a soccer mom and the other one's like a, like a PhD level researcher, I think. So very, very different personalities and are all interacting with each other to the point where sometimes they have to act as one another. So like, let's say the British one has to pretend to be, the, the science major one so she dons an outfit so she's basically oh. playing like so many different crazy things at once and yeah um it's not a perfect show but i think it's quite great and i would honestly say that uh tatiana's performance or performances in the show rather are some of the best you'll find in contemporary television so don't do She-Hulk. It's not the greatest. It's like kind of so-so. Um, and the CGI is just atrocious. Uh, go with Warfare Black instead. And okay. you'll be supporting local television. So there you go. Dope. Dope. That's kind of like that kind of reminds me of McAvoy when he played a character like in Split. Split. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. When you have like five different characters that you have to play in in a show or a movie it's That's... a little different because it's split they're all like within him with it like an orphan right. black she's like actually like talking to herself and like many different embodiments oh, like okay. yeah so like it'll literally be like her within one like one sequence but like five of her and she's interacting with only herself which i'm sure was a real pain in the ass to shoot and to edit or- or edit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's not a perfect show, but I, I, I personally love it, and I think she's brilliant in it. So okay. uh, please give her a chance in this if you're already writing off She-Hulk, please. Mm, got it. Okay. Uh, I I definitely have to give uh, Orphan Black uh, a try because, I, I don't know, for, for some reason I've never actually gotten into it, but I heard really, really good things about it. So I definitely will get to that. My weekly recommend is something that I actually haven't really watched yet because I don't I'm trying to find time, uh, but it's House of the Dragon. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Oh, yeah. So when that came out, um, when that when the possibility of getting back into like the world 
of Westeros. Uh, uh, yeah, of Westeros yeah. and everything like that, and, and talking about dragons, talking about like King's Landing and everything like that. Like that, yeah. that that gets me going, man. That that shit was great. Game of Thrones was a good time. Maybe not the end of it, but that whole series. Oh, the ending is awful. <laughs> it's it was terrible. It was terrible. Up but to like season fact, six is great. I think the fact that even the even the fact that season the last season was terrible, the fact that everyone still wants to be back into the world says a lot about the series, right? That's true. Like, sure, it was crap at the ending, but damn, give me some more, you know? So I think that's what House of the... Again, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if what I've been told uh, is that it's fantastic still. So uh, people who have been watching, let us know how it's been. And also, no spoilers, please, because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> well, uh, no no spoilers for me. I'll say this. The only gripe that I have is that they're still using the Game of Thrones theme. I think it should be its own thing entirely. Right, but right. Exactly. Would... It's, the same, it's the same composer, too. So I was hoping oh, that's to great, hear but like, Yeah, use, use like a different theme, maybe. Or like yeah. a callback, but don't make like the intro like sound the exact same. But outside of that, I yeah. feel like a lot of people are either... A little bit too stoked i'll go this is a masterpiece i mean we only we only just started and then um too heavy on it like oh my god nothing's happening yet it's just a start having right. said it that i think started. yeah yeah like the production values have been great i'm definitely interested i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing so far okay no spoilers bro i'm not gonna say anything uh, okay <laughs> fantastic um uh but yeah man i love talking to you uh hopefully jake can come back forward next week but until then everybody that's a wrap so in Game of Thrones, the Knicks are still awful. <laughs> oh, okay. So even, you know, 127 years before <laughs> the, the NBA season, the Knicks are still awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>